G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Youssef beginning a new message series on Leading the Way. Eternal Friendships gives and asks nothing in return. Eternal friendships desire its sorrow in the friend's misfortune and grief. Its pride is in the friend's success. Jesus said in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this. What is it? That he lays down his life for his friends. Welcome to Leading the Way. Friendships. Sure, some come and go, but the ones that you have with your brothers and sisters in Christ stretch beyond your years on earth into eternity. So why not deepen those relationships right now? Today, a look at eternal friendships on Leading the Way. Listen with me now as Dr. Michael Youssef begins today's Leading the Way. I was thinking about how erroneously we think that loneliness is confined to those who are alone, shut-ins, single people. But in reality, loneliness is far deeper than that. Loneliness is far deeper than just being alone. For you know and I know there are some people who are alone, but they're not lonely. And yet there are people who are surrounded by myriads of people, and yet they're desperately lonely. How can they be lonely? Well, let me read to you what Thomas Wolfe, a famous writer and a famous person himself, let me read to you his conclusion. He said, the whole conviction of my life now rests upon the belief that loneliness is far from being a rare and curious phenomena peculiar to myself and few other solitary men. It is inevitable fact of human existence. In a general sense, Thomas Wolfe is right. In fact, he speaks for many in our culture today. In our fast-moving society, we have found that loneliness is filling the hearts of millions. The inability to make friends and keep friends has become a modern-day pandemic. Even among believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who know that their friendships is not a temporary, that their friendships is for eternity, that their friendships will continue forever, many are finding that nurturing eternal friendships is a lost art. Pride keeps believers from reaching out to other believers. Self-sufficiency keeps believers from developing eternal friendships. 
Other believers have fallen in this societal mode of developing convenient friendships, of developing temporary friendships, of developing shallow friendships, simply because they have failed to understand that friendships that are developed in this life between believers in the Lord Jesus Christ is for eternity. It's forever. It will never end. You can be friendly to somebody, and you can be kind and gentle to someone. You can be friendly to your coworker. You can be friendly to your neighbor, and we are commanded to do that, and we must do that. But with believers, friendship with one another, friendship on this side of heaven is far greater and has far greater meaning and far greater depth than we are able to comprehend with our finite mind. And when you understand the eternal longevity of godly and eternal friendships, you will cherish these friendships. You will value these friendships. You will guard these friendships. You will not take these friendships for granted. You will not abuse, as some people do, those friendships. You will not ignore those friends. The very first words that were uttered by God himself about the man whom he created was, it is not good for him to be alone. The very first word. And I want you to hear me right on this one. Because God created us for deep friendships. God created us for relationships. These friendships and these relationships that we will develop as members of the body of Christ will never end. They will never end. God created us for intimacy in relationships with each other. That is the very call of God upon His creation, listen to me, in ancient Egyptians, they have discovered, in fact, in the most recent uh, past, that in the courts of Pharaoh, the highest title that is given to a person is not vice president, and it's not chief of staff, it's not the presidential council or the Pharaoh's council, I guess, at the time. But the words can be translated literally this, the one friend. Literal translation, the one friend. It's the highest title that is given to anybody on the courts of Pharaoh for thousands of years. One person. In fact, this description is given only to that one person in whom Pharaoh trusted completely with his life, literally. And it was said that Joseph was given this title in the courts of Pharaoh. Now I thought about this, and I realized that if we really understand what eternal friendships is all about, if we really comprehend that, we would cherish and we would value and we would hold dear eternal friendships among believers. But to understand the depth of eternal friendships between Christians, those who love the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to understand that it has to begin with a relationship and a friendship with the one friend. The one friend. The Bible talks about that friend who sticks to you closer than a brother. Without knowing him as the one friend, Thomas Wolfe would have been right. Without knowing him as the one friend, life would be empty and frightening. 
without knowing him as the one friend. Loneliness would dry up the joy that comes from eternal friendships. In fact, eternal friendships can only be experienced after knowing the one friend. It cannot happen without it. Eternal friendships are not found. They are made. Eternal friendships don't just happen. They are built stone by stone by stone. Eternal friendships don't just occur. They are established upon biblical principles. They really do. And they are very different from the world's acquaintances. They are very different from the world's friendships. And I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, about the two guys who considered by the world as good friends. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they do a lot of things together. They go hunting together. They go fishing together. They play golf together. They go camping together. They went one day, went camping, and uh, they woke up one morning, and as they were having their first cup of coffee, all of a sudden they noticed a grizzly bear just making a bee. I mean, it's coming as fast and furious toward them. So one of the friends immediately was putting his running shoes on, and... Uh, the other friend said to him, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't outrun that bear. He said, it doesn't matter as long as I can outrun you. <laughs> Good friends, listen to me. That is not eternal friendships. <laughs> eternal friendship never pivots on equal return of service and affection. Eternal friendships gives and asks nothing in return. Eternal friendship's desire is for the friend's welfare. It's sorrow in the friend's misfortune and grief. It's pride is in the friend's success. It's constant purpose is in doing and enduring for the friend. Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this. What is it? That he lays down his life for his friends. Now, beloved friend, listen to me. You can go home and you can drink deeply from that verse, and you can never exhaust it for the rest of your life. So I want you to turn with me to John 15. John 15, beginning at verse 13. A greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know what his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, for everything that I have learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask." Isn't it amazing? We always love that last part. And we always come in prayer and claim that last part. But we neglect all the first few verses. So now, in the name of Jesus, Father, open our eyes that we will understand the truth from your word. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that our hearts will be inflamed within us to understand that friendships that are eternal is what you have created us to be. First, to be in friends, friends with you and then friends with one another. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, from these verses, I have found four principles 
four principles from these verses in John 15 that are the building blocks of eternal friendships. Four principles. Number one, the first step of building eternal friendship is to lose your timidity. Someone said to me some time ago, he said, the reason I have not joined a small group is because of intimidation. I just feel intimidated to be in a small group of Christian friends. And I said, well, what are you intimidated about? He said, well, in case they ask me to pray in public, and I have never done that, and I don't want to do that. Or they might test my biblical knowledge. (laughs) And I said, my friend, when you understand that eternal friendship is not built on embarrassing one another, (laughs) you will give up this feeling of being intimidated. When you realize that eternal friendship is not built on trying to change your temperament, whether you are shy or gregarious or whether you're extrovert or introvert, when you will understand that, you'll grow out of your fears. When you fully understand that you will not be intimidated by friends who love you, in fact, eternal friendships is based on accepting one another, not trying to change each other's temperament and personality. But listen, you understand this. There's some things that are inevitable. Some things has to happen in a relationship, in a small friendship, in all around the Word of God. There's some things will happen. No doubt that eternal friendships is going to help you grow in the knowledge of God. That no doubt eternal friendships is going to help you grow in your love for God. No doubt eternal friendships is going to help you to grow in love toward one another. That is inevitable. But no one is there to embarrass you. In fact, Jesus said that friend is willing to lay his life for the friend. Secondly, verse 14. The second principle is this. Eternal friendship is only based on joint desire for obedience to the Word of God. Look at verse 14 of John 15. Jesus said, you are my friend if you can speak in public. You are my friend if you're not shy and bashful. You are my friend if your biblical knowledge is flawless. Right? You are my friend if you have memorized the Scripture. You know, I have known people who memorize the Scripture but never internalize the Scripture. That's the sad part. You are my friend if you're a spiritual giant. No, my friends, no, no, no. He said you are my friend if you do what? If you do what I command you. The one common thing among eternal friends, whether it's in a class on Sunday, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in a home group, wherever it may be, is a collective agreement that you have one desire in heart and mind and soul, and that is to obey Christ. Not tradition and not church polity and not this and not the other thing. It's only one thing, and that is desire to obey Christ. And when you're together in friendship with other believers, it is much easier to obey Christ. It's much easier to be encouraged by one another. Eternal friendship supposed to empower us, to encourage one another, to uplift one another. When I'm down, you lift me up. When, when you're down, I lift you up. Because one of the primary principles of eternal friendships 
is obedience to Jesus. Third principle, verse 15. Eternal friendship must lead to intimacy. Listen to what Jesus said. I no longer call you servants. Actually, literally, I no longer call you slave. I'm going to come to that in a minute. Instead, I have called you friends. Not I may call you friend. Not there's possibility that I may call you friend. But he said, I already called you friend. When you have come to Jesus Christ and surrendered your life to him, he already said, you're my friend. You're my friend. You know, during the not-so-good old days of slavery, a slave did not know what his master is doing. He just did what the master said. A slave did not have an input. A slave did not understand the plan of the master. A slave is never intimate with the master. It would have been unheard of for a slave to know the mind of the master. And that is why Jesus said, he said, I don't consider you as servants. I don't consider you as slaves. I want you to know as my friend who knows a friend. That's what I'm calling you to be. And when you know me as a friend, you're going to obey me. And it's going to be easier for you. Developing eternal friendship is very empowering for us in our obedience and in our love for Jesus Christ. The Bible said the secrets of the Lord are to those who fear him. The secrets of the Lord are those who fear him. And Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I reveal to you the very secrets of my Father. I've revealed to you the very secret of my nature. I've revealed to you the very secret of my plan. I reveal to you as the very secret of my love for you. Let me have a word with those of you who say, I am never going to open my heart to anybody because that's going to make me vulnerable. And I am not going to allow myself to be vulnerable again. Now, this is a word to few of you. Listen to me. I want to tell you the words of Jesus because he had just finished telling them, I no longer call you slaves or servants, but now I call you friends. You're my friends. I'm going to explain a little bit more about this. I want you to think about this. This is the God of glory. (laughs) This is God in human flesh. This is the Son of God. This is the King of kings. This is the King of the universe. And listen to what he said to his friends soon after he uttered those words of saying, you're my friend. Hear the words he said in Gethsemane. He looked at them and he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The God of glory is opening up his heart to his friends. He's being vulnerable with his friends. And beloved, let me tell you something. If the God of glory can open himself and be vulnerable among his friends, who are we to refuse? Now, that kind of honesty and openness is the mark of true love and eternal friendships. You see, when Jesus said those words to the disciples, you see, we, we use the word so lightly, and his friends or their friends or they have good friends, and, and we just talk about it in such light terms that we don't understand the incredible impact of those words upon the disciples. Because the disciples understood from the Old Testament, which is their Bible, 
And they understood from the culture of the surrounding nations around them, this is a big word. This is not just a word you throw around. And that's why they were mesmerized by what Jesus is saying to them. I mean, they literally cannot even believe their ears. Because in the Old Testament, we hear only twice that Abraham was a friend of God. And then we hear that Moses spoke to God as a friend speaks to a friend. But that's it. (laughs) That's it. It's such a rarity for God to be a friend of man. It's such a, a rare thing. It doesn't happen every day. They understood that it's an incredible, rare privilege that Jesus is saying to them. It wasn't just, uh, well, you, you know, I like you guys, you know, I love you guys, and we just use those words so lightly. No, no, no. In fact, they also understood that the rulers and the kings of the neighborhood in the, in the neighboring countries, as we saw from the ancient Egyptian culture, where there's only one friend in the courts of Pharaoh, One friend, the one friend. And the king of kings is inviting them to be that one friend, each one of them. Do you understand? Can you comprehend the awesomeness for God to call me a friend? To call you a friend. Do you understand that? The king of kings is inviting you to be his friends. Listen to me. There can be no greater honor. There can be no greater intimacy. There can be no deeper love. There can be no closer friendship. And the disciples were drinking deeply of the awesomeness of that statement because they understood that a friend is given information that nobody else has, that a friend is brought into greater intimacy that nobody else can experience. In fact, Jesus said in 1516, look at verse 16, which brings me to the fourth principle. He said, you did not choose me, I chose you. What is Jesus saying? Don't wait for someone else to initiate the reaching out to you, but rather, you initiate love. You initiate friendship. You initiate inviting. You initiate calling. You initiate welcoming. And when everyone does the initiating, no one could say, nobody's reaching out to me. Because we're all reaching out to one another, amen? When Jesus called us friends, He initiated choosing us. He initiated it. And you know what He's saying? He's saying, you too do the same. You do the same. You do the initiating. You too do that. Follow my example. You too become vulnerable for my sake. Dr. Michael Youssef and the start of a short series on leading the way called Eternal Friendships. If today's message brought questions to your mind and you'd like to speak with one of our pastoral team members, start the conversation by filling out a short form at ltw.org Jesus. If you missed any portion of today's message, let me tell you how you can catch up. The best place to go is ltw.org. Just click on the Listen link and you can stream the current message or look through past broadcasts, ltw.org. In addition to streaming from the website, you can also get details about subscribing to one of Leading the Way's available podcasts. Of course, you can subscribe to hear Dr. Yusuf on Leading the Way, but you can also find out about another great podcast which features Jonathan Yusuf, Dr. Yusuf's son. This podcast is called Candid Conversations with Jonathan Yusuf. 
Drawing on his experience as a pastor of intergenerational ministries in his local church, Jonathan tackles tough topics in this podcast important to young people through the lens of God's Word. He speaks with people from around the world who offer biblical insight into such topics as life, death, culture, politics, sexuality and more. Once again, the website is ltw.org. You can also reach out to one of our helpful ministry representatives about ways you can connect and resources you can order by calling 1-300-133-589. 1-300-133-589. Well, that's all for today, but please accept this invitation to listen again next time when Dr. Yusuf opens God's Word and teaches more practical life-changing lessons on leading the way. Connect through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of the social media networks. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.